Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 to 31. I think we can be thankful to God for giving us such wonderful, encouraging words to help us. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. <coughs> Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. Do you not know? Have you not heard the, ever, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The sermon title today is Look Up. Before I begin the sermon this morning, I want to apologize to the Asian and the American Indian communities. Uh, last Sunday, I referred to a song that many of us grew up singing, Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World. What I did not know and would not have even thought about is how offensive that song is to people who are of Asian and Native American heritage. The reference to people as yellow and red are racial slurs. Racial slurs, often called racial epithets, are words or phrases that refer to members of racial and ethnic groups in a derogatory manner. For you sports fans, you are aware of the conversation that has been and is continuing to take place about the use of Native American names for teams and mascots. For example, sports fans, you know that the Washington Redskins has changed their name to the Washington football team. 
And for those of you who plan to watch the Super Bowl this afternoon between the Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, you are aware of the fact that a protest is planned ahead of the Super Bowl game a protest by a coalition of Native American groups who are calling for the Kansas Chiefs to change their team's name and to stop using the tomahawk chop by the fans. I was thankful when it was brought to my attention of how offensive the song is to certain groups of people more specifically to our Asian and Native American communities. Evangel Heights family and friends, if I say anything that offends you, do not hesitate to contact me so that together we can discuss it the offense. Communication is critical. Communication is necessary for us to maintain and to be a healthy, viable church family. Referring back to the song, it does not matter what I think about the song. If it is offensive to one of God's children, then out of respect for God's children, I will not sing that song. Out of respect for our Asian and Native American communities, we will no longer sing Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World under my pastorate. We will identify other songs to sing that send the same message that our God is the creator and lover of all children. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord. We are striving to be your children who respect all of your children, regardless of who they are, where they live, how they look, or how they sound. Continue to help us to learn how to do so. When we make a mistake, let us acknowledge it and help us to learn from our mistakes. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you as together we break the bread of life. For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. For a few minutes on today, I want to speak from the meditation titled, Look Up. Have you ever felt as though God had abandoned you? If so, you would be in good company. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 21 through 31, we read about the Israelites who, although they are near the completion of their exile in the land of Babylon, thanks to the conquering of Babylon by King Cyrus, king of Persia, the Israelites question, where has God been? For you see, they feel like God had, has abandoned them. They are feeling weary. They are feeling exhausted. 
It's important for us disciples of Jesus Christ to learn how to assess our degrees of weariness and exhaustion in this walk of faith. Sometimes the combination of weariness and exhaustion can cause us to believe that God has abandoned us. Sometimes the combination of weariness and exhaustion can even interfere with our being able to hear God. The Israelites, in a state of weariness and exhaustion from a faith perspective, register a complaint against God that is found in verse 27. My way is hid from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. Speaking of abandonment, <laughs> the Israelites are expressing what some of you may have felt or maybe even feeling at this time. God does not know what's going on in my life. God does not care what's going on in my life. God has totally abandoned me. To understand God's response, which takes the form of questions, is helpful to know what God has stated in the verses leading up to verse 21. In the previous verses, God reminds, he doesn't inform the Israelites, he reminds them that God is a God of comfort, and he reminds them that their exile is just nearly over, and the Lord is coming to restore his people. Read in your time after service today, verses 1 through 5. Secondly, God reminds them that God's word does not change. Other things may change. People may change. Ideas may change. Concepts may change. But God's word endures forever. Verses 6 through 8 in Isaiah that says as much. Let's look at those verses again, please. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. God goes on to remind God's people that God is a God of power and also that, again, God is a God of compassion. This God, verses 13 and 14, reminds us, is a God who is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. And before God, all nations must bow. All nations must bow. Bow. Yes, our God is incomparable. No one, not even idols, the idols that mankind makes, be it in the forms of human beings, be it in the forms of material things, no idols can ever compare to our God. And beginning with verses 21 and 31, our text for today, God reminds the Israelites and God reminds you and me that God, the creator of all, is also the God of history. He's incomparable. And again, no one on earth, 
beyond earth will ever be able to compare to this God. And then in verses 28 through 31, God reminds us all that God is all-powerful. And yes, again, that God is concerned about you and about me. And because God is concerned about us, we can wait on God. Waiting. This waiting, as one commentator stated, expresses a faith that says, in essence, God, I'm committing myself to you in hopeful expectation. Have you ever waited on God in that way? What you hope for has not come yet, but you know because you've committed yourself and that that is of concern to you, to God, you can wait in hopeful expectation. God raises these questions in Isaiah 40, verses 21 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? In other words, don't you recall what I have been what you've been told from the past? Don't you recall what you've been taught? Oh, my heavens, how important it is, Evangel Heights family and friends, for us to pass on to our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors' children, youth and young adults, what we know, what we have heard, what has been revealed to us about the awesome living God we cannot keep what we know to ourselves, we must share it with others. I love this phrase that, that came across my desk the other day from one of our members. It's called spiritual conversations. We must have spiritual conversations with our children, with our youth, with our young adults. Last week, I asked a confirmation class to talk to their parents about their parents' relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a spiritual conversation. Yes, I want us to talk to our children about safety. I want us to talk to our children and youth and young adults about work ethics. I want us to talk to our children, youth, and young adults about making wise choices. Let us also talk to our children, youth, and young adults about this awesome living God who has revealed God's self to us through Jesus Christ. Let's start having more and more spiritual conversations. How easy it is when troubles come, when life presents us with situations to take our breaths away because they feel so overwhelming, how easy it is to forget what we know about God. Spiritual conversations help us to remember. And also, during those times, we are to look up beyond the circumstances and the, we are to listen to be reminded of who God is, of who we are in God through Jesus Christ. And so I'm thankful for the means of grace. John Wesley defines the means of grace as ways that God works invisibly in us to strengthen us 
and confirm our faith to the end that God's grace pervades in us and through us. Means of grace. The ways that God works invisibly in us to strengthen us and confirm our faith to the end that God's grace pervades in us and through us, God's disciples. John Wesley identified several means of grace, prayer, reading, meditating, and studying the scriptures, fasting, doing good works, such as seeking justice, ending oppression and discrimination, and addressing the needs of the poor, just to name a few. One such means of grace that he also lifts up is the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper reminds us that God has not abandoned us, but God took on God's self the flesh of humankind and came to earth as a human being, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, fully human and fully divine. As we prepare today to participate in the Lord's Supper, may we be reminded through the presence of Jesus Christ that you and I are never, ever forgotten by God. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, abides with us as we abide with him. He dwells within us. And the promises are plentiful of God's faithfulness to us as we remember that he's with us. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord, our God, how thankful we are for your word. How thankful we are for the Holy Spirit who reminds us by applying your word to our hearts that you are with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsaken us. May we find hope in your word as we, may we find hope as we prepare to come together to the Lord's table to partake of the Lord's Supper. In Jesus Christ's name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.